time. I don't know who's going to get married next year. If you're single, you're in trouble. But uh, it always makes me laugh when these people get, their, um, get excited about the married couple's dinner. They get to go for the first time. So I don't know if you noticed that fist pump there. Amen. I can't believe it. It's tomorrow when I have the privilege to marry them. It's going to be crazy. I've literally known Braden since before he was born or around the time he was born. And Joelle, has been raised in our church. And so we're super excited about it. Amen. Tell the person next to you, I'm glad you're here. Amen. We're, we're going to have a great service today. And, uh, and it's, I'm dressed a little different today because it's Veterans Day weekend. It's not just Veterans Day. It's Veterans Day weekend. And I want to show how much I love and appreciate our veterans. So we're going to recognize them in just a second. But uh, Carl and I got to go on a little trip this week uh, to Branson, Missouri. And we've kind of, when we were raising our kids, we try to make traditional things and go places during the different parts of the year and make a tradition in our home. And so now that we're empty nesters, we've made a tradition to go to Branson every year. It's our third year in a row. And it's beautiful. They have Christmas lights. And we go to the amusement park and walk around. And we pretty much just made our own Hallmark movie this week. Don't get mad or jealous. Amen. We really did. We made our, I've never seen a full Hallmark movie, but I've seen enough to be able to make one. Amen. And so we made our own Hallmark movie this week, and we're able to walk around and see lots of, of veterans uh, serve, that have served our country all the way from there was one guy at one, serve, one show that uh, was at World War II. He's still alive, and he shot up so fast that I, I couldn't have got up that fast when they recognized him. I thought, man, i got to get this guy's number and find out what he's eating. I mean, he was 100-and-something years old and celebrating uh, Veterans Day. Saw people from the Iraq War and Vietnam and all kinds of different veterans. And so today I want to ask you if you've served in our country in any capacity in our military, if you would stand this morning, we want to recognize you across this place. Amen. Praise God. And I want to ask you if you'd come forward for a second. I want to give you something. Just come down here. I want to embarrass you in front of everybody. But we really want to thank you. Let's give them a bigger hand as they come this morning. What did you serve in? Air Force, Navy, Army. There you go. Air Force, Navy, Army, Marines. Army, thank you, sir, for your service. You already have one from last service. Air Force, Air Force, and I, this is a perfect number. I have another one in my office that I'm going to give you after, Army. Let's give them another hand, amen. Thank you so much. I have one for you after. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on, let's give them a bigger hand this morning as we watch this video. Amen.
Thank you. Amen. You know, I was growing up uh, with, a, with a grandpa named Papa. How many love your grandparents? And uh, I, I learned so much from my Papa and uh, how, to, how to treat a woman, how to walk with dignity, and how to have patriot, patriotism for my country. He served in World War II and was in Okinawa, Japan. And uh, I just remember how he would get so teared up every time he'd hear a patriotic song. And I just watched that as a young boy, watching him uh, be prideful of what he did for his country. And, and so I learned a lot of things from my papa. And he's, he's honestly one of my heroes. He's somebody that I still to this day look up to, even though he's gone to be with the Lord. I have fond memories of him. Even my daughters, even though they were not very old, have fond memories of him. And I remember growing up, always wanting to go to my mamma and papa's house. I wanted to go there. I always wanted to go there at Christmas. Any opportunity that I had to go spend the night, I remember so many good memories of spending the night at their house, except for the one time my mamma washed my mouth with ivory soap for cussing. But outside of that one, every memory was great. Amen. And uh, I just remember him, show, I mean, he would have a wood shop, he'd have a metal shop, he was always building something and always doing something. So I thank God for what he taught me as a man, how to, how to you know, just live his life with class and dignity and serve God and serve country and love the Lord more than he loved anything else. So I've get, it's given me a challenge as a grandpa now that I want my grandkids to talk about me like I talk about my papa. And so I've, I'm gonna, I, want, I want them to say, why are we not at Poppy's house? When are we going to Poppy's house? How come I'm not spend, when can I spend the night at Poppy's house? And I know I've got some healthy competition with Pastor Mario, amen, and Downs has got healthy competition with Carla, and uh, we'll have some healthy competition with our other Christians in-laws, but I'm going to win, amen, and when it gets, I've already got a zip line being planned, and a tree house, and I have a lake view, so you better move out to the country, amen? But I'm looking forward to hearing those words. So as we recognize today our veterans, and I thank you again from the bottom of my heart, for what you did, because we have the freedom that we have today because of you. I, I was thinking during this trip as I saw all these veterans, and, and I saw them wearing their hats. I'm thankful they wear their hats because otherwise you wouldn't know. And I always go up to them, and I always thank them. I always make an effort to say thank you for your service because I am truly grateful and thankful. But as this week was going on, and I was praying about the service today, I just felt the Holy Spirit so strongly remind me how thankful I am for His service. How many are thankful for his service this morning? Amen. Can we give Jesus a better clap than that? Amen. How many are thankful for his service this morning? Amen. Praise God. Lord, we lift you up. We worship you. We praise you. We thank you for everything you've done. We glorify your name. We stand for you. We praise you. We clap for you. Because of you, Lord, we are saved this morning, and we feel your presence in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We, we, we must have that adoration for our country, and we must thank God for that, but we cannot thank anybody more than we thank Jesus. And he said those words, greater love, John 15, 13, has no one than this than to lay down his life for his friends. We have the greatest example this morning in the world, in our lives, to follow, and that's Jesus. 
I want you to think about this. The measure of a man's greatness is not the number of servants that he has, but the number of people he serves. Can I read that to you again? The measure of a man's greatness is not the number of people who serve him, but the number of people that he serves. If you're taking notes this morning, that's our title, Thankful for His Service. And I want you to write down the definition of serve. Write down the definition. If you're taking notes, the definition of serve. It's very simple and very easy. It's Jesus. J-E-S-U-S. If you're taking notes, amen. Jesus is the definition of serve. Jesus is the definition of servanthood. Jesus is the definition of service. Servanthood, service. Jesus is the definition of humility. He's, he is the perfect example of what we are and what we need this morning to follow. Amen? Now I want to look in the book of Romans chapter 5 for some super powerful verses. And this is the crazy thing about Jesus. Jesus did things so different than we did, than we do, or we would. How many have ever read the Bible and thought, I wouldn't have done it that way? Amen? Romans chapter 5, verse 6. Now watch this. When we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died. Now this is important. This is very important. How many know that Christ did not die for good people? Because there are no good people. The Bible says that he died for the ungodly, and that's me. I don't know about you, but that's me. I thank God that he didn't wait for me to get it all together. There's something different. I want to leave this up there for a second about the gospel of Jesus Christ that is different than anything else in the world. There's a lot of religions, and there's a lot of gods. But all those gods have something up there in the air where they're saying, hey, climb the ladder, do ABC, and get up to me, and you can, then you can have some of what I have for you, or, or you can just worship me. But God did it totally different. He said, I'm going to go down, and I'm going to die for the world in their place right where they are, and I'm not going to wait for them to get it together. I'm not going to expect them to be perfect or be ready or even deserve what I'm going to do. I'm going to die for them while they're ungodly. And that's why I'm thankful this morning for his service. Let's keep reading. For scarcely would a righteous man, for a righteous man will one die. So this means maybe you'd think about dying for someone that you love or says, yeah, perhaps for a good one, Someone might die. How many of you love your kids? How many would die for your kids? Let me see your hands. How many of you would die for your spouse? I saw you still raise your hand, but some of you made a face right there. Like, uh, I'm not so sure about that one. I, I caught that on camera, and I'm sending it to your spouse after service. I'm going to get your number. I'm serious. You were like, kids? And then spouse was like, I don't know about that one. Amen. But he says, but for a good man... Maybe someone would give their lives. But this is what the gospel is so, so amazing about. Is it doesn't just, he doesn't die for good people. He says he dies for the ungodly. Now watch this. He demonstrates action. How many know he's not a man of just words? He's a man of action. He demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still, still, he, he died for us. So we didn't have to have it all together. He said, I'm, I'm going to do what nobody else has ever done. I'm not going to expect everybody to make their way up to heaven. I'm going to leave my heavenly place. 
I'm going to leave my streets of gold. I'm going to leave glory. And I'm going to go down and I'm going to be with these people. I'm going to live in a human body. I'm going to feel their pain. I'm going to feel their temptation. And I'm going to die for them as ungodly people, whether they expect it or accept it or not. How many of you can imagine giving your life for somebody or even doing something for somebody and knowing they were going to stab you in the back when you got done? Ask yourself how many of us in this place would still go through with it if we knew as soon as we did it we were going to get stabbed in the back by them. That's what Jesus did. Jesus had no guarantee that anybody was going to accept him or believe in him or take his sacrifice. But he said, I'm not coming for those who want me to come. I'm coming for everybody. And whoever would believe on me can be saved if they choose to do so. But I'm not just doing it for the ones who are worthy of it. I'm not just doing it for the ones that want it. I'm doing it for the ungodly. I'm doing it for the sinners. And I'm going to demonstrate my love by service and action and not words that was a good very good golf clap right there verse 9 much more than having been justified by his blood we shall be saved from what by wrath from wrath that's why we believe in the rapture through him for if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of his son much more having been reconciled we shall be saved by what? His life. Again, Jesus does things so different than we do. How many know when we start thinking about if I had the power of God, we would do things totally different than than Jesus did. If you you just get this, you'll get faster and further along in God. God never does things like we do. Never. Matter of fact, he spent a whole chapter saying, my thoughts aren't your thoughts. My ways aren't your ways. Matter of fact, my, ho- my thoughts are higher. My ways are higher. So stop trying to figure God out and just say, yes, sir. Yes, Lord. I'll just do what you say. And you're going to be further along. So he did things in an amazing way, and he did things ways nobody's ever done. I've always said, and by the way, I just want to put a disclaimer out. I believe with 1,000, 1 million percent of my being that Jesus Christ is who he says he is. I believe every word from the Bible. I believe everything that was spoken. But I'm just going to tell you, amen, if, if it wasn't true, which I do believe it is, it's still the greatest story ever told. It's an unbelievable story. That God would leave heaven and come down into a human body. Who would do that? Nobody else, there's no other religion that even gets close. That's why it's real. And that's why it's powerful. I want to look at Philippians chapter 2. Look at these verses. This is what I mean. Let this mind be in you. My challenge to you today, church, is that we would get the mind. The Bible says we can have the mind of Christ. If we have the mind of Christ, that means we have to think like the Lord thinks and do like the Lord does, and we have to wake up in the morning and put this mind on us. Then it says, which was in Christ Jesus. Now, real quick, leave the verse up there, but look at me for a second. I want you to understand something. That what I'm talking about this morning, serving, is not in our DNA. We don't have it in us. We wake up in the morning saying, where's breakfast in bed? Where, where's my bre- where's We wake up in the morning, and we're looking for servants. We're looking for someone to come put our slippers on and walk us to the kitchen 
or bring food to. Uh, that's what I, you're looking at me weird, but I know you're in the flesh. That's what we want. We, we realize real quickly that we don't have that, but our flesh wants to be served. Our flesh wants to be given. We want things done for us. We're, we don't wake up going, how can I serve today? Who can I serve? How can I be less about myself and more about somebody else? But the Bible tells us that's the mind of Christ we're supposed to have. We're supposed to wake up in the morning with an attitude of serving. But that is not in our flesh. Our flesh does not want to serve. Our flesh wants to be served. I use this example all the time. Just take a turn around the corner back there and go to the nursery if you don't believe me. You'll see selfishness at its best. Amen? You don't see any kids in that nursery and probably all the way up through Sunday school going, hey, you want to play with my toy? Hey, I don't really want to play with that. You know what? I would like you to play with this one. This is the best toy in the nursery here. I promise you if we have guests in the nursery today, they're not getting free toys from the, from the people who've been at church already. Because it's not in our DNA. It's not in our heart to serve. Our heart is selfish. So it says, let this mind, so he came to change things. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. This is why God hates pride. And that's right out of the Bible. He says he hates pride. He resists the prideful. You want to get a nugget this morning? Work on humility. To the very best of your ability, humble yourself in humility. Hello? Am I, t- I know I'm talking to our flesh right now, but the spirit needs to come alive. Amen. How many know that if we're going to do great things for God, we have to humble ourselves? Less of me. Paul said, let me decrease so he can increase. Jesus, being God, being God, did not come down to this earth being to feel and to act equal to God, even though he was God. He came in in humility. He got around the people. He didn't say, worship me. He didn't say, serve me. He came to serve. That's why the Gospels tell us that he was born in a manger. It wasn't an accident that the inn had no room. That was part of the story. Because God said, that's not low enough. I can go lower. I need to be born with the animals. I need to go to the lowest of lows just in case there's somebody who thinks that the inn is too good for them. He says, I'm going to go a little lower and I'm going to go out with the animals and I'm going to be born among animals. It was not an accident, church. It was an act of humility. It was Jesus coming to show how he was going to live. He comes in on that donkey. We look at the scriptures and, and, and I just want you to put yourself in his position for a minute if you can. Obviously we can't, but you can try. Because as human beings, how many know the reason we're saved today is because we weren't on the cross? Hello? We're saved here today. We have a gospel hope here today because we weren't on the cross. Because if we would have gone to the cross, it wouldn't have happened. Because we'd have started pulling out our superpowers. Hey, right, youth? All the, all the Marvel characters, all the, all the, all the Avengers, they're, they're all, all the superheroes that the movies talk about, they've got all these superpowers, and Jesus had all those powers times a million, but he didn't exercise them. He came down to humble himself. He even told the disciples one time, he goes, hey, if I want to, I can call on legions of angels right now, and they'll come rescue me. 
As we were in Branson, I was, did I finish that verse? Let's just leave that there for just a second so I'll lose this thought. As we were there, and I just want to put a plug in. I don't get paid sponsorship for this, although it would be nice if they give me like a free something sometime, but they don't know I'm doing it. But if you haven't taken your family to Branson, it's like seven hours away. It's a beautiful drive through the Ozark Mountains. You, you go through Arkansas, and uh, I feel the Lord f- calling me to Fayetteville, Arkansas right now. It's a beautiful place. And you drive through there, and you get to Branson, and it's got shows, and it's, 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 it's godly. It's a great place to take your family. And at this park, it was so neat, this, this uh, amusement park, they have all these lights that we go to every year. Like the, They say it's the most lights in the United States, but probably everybody says that. But it was a lot. And they're about to light this Christmas tree. And as they're lighting this Christmas tree, this man comes out. He's a big old dude, and he sings really good. And he's doing Christmas songs, and he says... Right before we sing one more song, which was It's a Beautiful Name. How many know that song? What a beautiful name it is. Right before he sings that, he says, I just want to let you know that here at this amusement park, we don't pull any punches. Jesus Christ is the Lord of this park. And Jesus Christ is the Savior of this world. And we want everybody to know that at an amusement park. Amen? What a blessing that there's still boldness. That they don't care who's there. They're, they're making a statement. And, and so they're, they're, they're doing this, and the reason I'm saying that is because one of the things that we ran into is we went to this play on Wednesday night called Jesus. Powerful, really powerful. Matter of fact, they put some churches to shame. Not our church, but some churches, because they gave an altar call. They did a play, a professional play, an amazing play, and then they said, if you want to ask Jesus Christ into your heart, come up to this altar. Some churches don't even do that. And they did an altar call at the play. But during this play, it was the life of Jesus. And they had all this awesome sound and all this lighting. And in the middle of it, they do the Garden of Gethsemane uh, uh, scene. And Carl and I were like, that was so powerful. Because they showed darkness. And they, sh- they, heard, they, sh- they had this voice talking. And Satan was talking to G- Jesus. And Satan was telling him, you, you don't have to do this. This isn't going to work. And he's talking to him. And it's showing the agony and the humanity of Jesus. I love when they show that. Because church, that, that moment in the garden has everything to do why I'm thankful for his service. Because in his physical body, like you and I have, he was tempted just like us. And he even got to a point where he said, Father, as he began to realize what was going to happen, and I've said this before, maybe you're here and you've never heard a gospel message before. This is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God himself on the earth who came down with a purpose to die for your sins so you could be saved and have eternal life no matter what you've done. But in his moment, on his way to be crucified and shed his blood for your sins, he is tempted by the devil, and the devil begins to lie to him and talk to his flesh. And in a moment of flesh, he says, wait, maybe I can handle the pain, but I'm starting to see the sin life of these people. Maybe it started with the disciples. Have you ever thought back on the mistakes you've made in your life? And what that meant for Jesus on the cross? Maybe he began to think about the life of Peter. He began to think about the life of John and James. He began to see the sin of those men who, while he was praying, what were they doing? Sleeping. And he began to say, I don't know if I can do this. And at one moment, he says, God, he says, Father, because he's fully human. Fully human and fully God. 
He says, Father, if we can do this a different way. And then all of a sudden, his spirit comes back. And he fights in his spirit. And he says, not my will be done, but your will be done on heaven. He did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. That's why I'm thankful for his service. Verse 6. But made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. This is why the Jews missed him. They were waiting, and even his disciples, they were looking for him to come down with a rod and start disciplining everybody and setting up his kingdom. They were expecting him to be this amazing ruler. They were expecting him to be born in a different place. And he came down, he said, I'm going to mess everything up as the scripture said. And I'm going to fulfill these scriptures. I'm going to go to the lowest of the low because I did not come to be served, but I came to serve. So he gives us an example. And he says, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. And he became obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. How many are thankful for his service this morning? Amen. Here's something to write down. I don't have a lot of quotes this morning, but this is a good one. Great opportunities to help others seldom come. You know what that means to me? As, as people, we're all guilty of this. We want, it, we want this big opportunity to come. We want to do something that's going to change the way the world looks at the world. We're going to change the world. We just want to do something huge. And it's kind of like we have the attitude of, Lord, if you give me a million dollars, I'll tithe. It's that attitude. If you give me, then I'll do this. If you do this, then I'll do this. And we, we make these games with God. We make these deals with God. And this is what, what we do a lot of times. And here's what I want you to understand. Great, big, huge opportunities don't come along very often to serve somebody in a way where you're going to get credit or your name's going to be lifted up. But every single day, there's a bunch of little opportunities to change somebody's life, to serve somebody, to make a difference in someone's life. To, to, to open a door for somebody, to react in a way. And listen, if, if there's one thing I'm guilty of the most, I'll put myself on blast, it's when I'm driving. Right, baby? I, 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 I get very fleshy when I'm driving. Um, I can't stand when people drive in the left lane slow. I'm not talking about, I don't go 90 miles an hour, but the left lane, and, I, and Carla's probably so sick and tired, especially after a seven-hour drive, of me saying, the left lane is for passing. And as soon as I pass, I get over, and I put my hazard lights on so they can see that I'm in the right lane. I'm just putting myself on blast. And when I open a door for somebody, I don't ever expect them to say thank you. Yes, I do. They, oh, I open it and they just walk through it. I'm like, you're welcome. <laughs> I'm just, be- but I did it with a good heart. But I think your welcome goes a long way. Or thank you, sorry. How many know this is all real? But if we can look for these little opportunities every day to be Jesus, to be like Christ, God can do amazing things. I want to finish in Mark 10. If you've got your Bibles, Mark chapter 10. This is interesting. I love how the Bible shows our humanity. Shows God's greatness in our humanness. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, 
This is one of the craziest, stupidest sayings in the whole Bible. From a person. It says, teacher, we want you to do for us. Now this isn't that bad, whatever we ask. There's nothing wrong about Jesus said we could ask him things. So we want you to do whatever we ask. Look what he asks. What do you want me to do for you? He's playing along. Jesus is so good to play along because he knows. What do you want me to do for you? Watch what they ask for. Grant us that we may sit on your right hand and the other on your left hand. I'm thinking to myself, in all my pride of all my life together, I could never think about asking Jesus if I could sit on his right side or on his left side. Does anybody else feel that way? I mean, this is just, this is dumb 101, right? I mean, this is like something you don't do. And they did. They did do that. And so Jesus says, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm going to drink and be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with? And, and then they got dumber. Dumb and dumber. They didn't say, no, Lord, we're not. We humble ourselves. That was a dumb question. Yes, we're able. Aren't you glad there's other dumb people in the Bible too? Aren't you glad you can relate? Does anybody thank God that you can relate to the people in the Bible? I do. Amen. I relate to them all the time. He says, you will indeed drink the, drink I, the cup I drink, and with the baptism I'm baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit on my right hand or on my left is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it is prepared. And when the ten heard it, they were greatly displeased and probably at the same time glad that they didn't say it. How many of you ever, had, how many of you ever been thankful that someone else said something stupid before you did? Like it was on the tip of your tongue and you were just about to say it and, then, and it sounded really bad. It sounded good in your head, but outside it's like, whoa. And you're like, thank God they said that. And then you go, I'd have never said that. But it was on the tip of your tongue. What, go back to that one before. What were they saying? And so they were greatly displeased with James and John. But Jesus called them to himself and said, you know, that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lorded over them. This is what's so different about Jesus. He did not come down here to lord things over us. If I can hit this for a moment, this is so important to our humanity. I want you to listen to this. This is so important. I mentioned this last Sunday when we talked about hell. God's love and how he loves us is the greatest gift ever because he does not force it on us. He does not lord it over us. He does not say we have to love him. He gives us a choice. Free will is the greatest gift that God ever gave us. How many are thankful that you've chose to love Jesus back? How many are thankful for his service this morning? How many are thankful that he went all the way to the cross for you? Amen. He finished it and he said it is finished. He didn't stop. He didn't miss out. He humbled himself. So that we could someday, church, what we're looking forward to, be able to be with him in eternity. And he says, those who are, are considered rulers, lord it over them, and their great ones exercise. And this is what other religions do. This is what false religions do. False religions say, you're not good enough, be better. You've got to do more. You've got to do more. You've got to do better works. That's not enough works. Do more works. Nope, reach higher, come higher, come higher. And God said, that's not how I'm going to do it. I'm going to go lower and lower and lower so that you can come into my kingdom just like you are. 
And then it says, the next verse, Yet it shall not be so among you. Whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever of you desires to be first shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man, even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. Lord, I thank you for serving, for your service. I thank you, Lord, that I'm not worthy of it, but you paid a price I could never pay because I owed a debt I could never pay, Father. My debt was sin. My debt was separation from you because I fall short of your glory. And your word says all of us do. Lord, I thank you this morning that you came down from heaven and left your glory and left, Lord, your grandeur and left the the streets of gold and, and the majesty of your kingdom to come down to this earth and die. And Lord, we will, as that song says, we will never be able to understand what it truly meant to see my sins upon that cross. Jesus, I ask you to speak through your Holy Spirit to these people this morning. And Lord, as they're praying and they're listening to your voice, I thank you that your conviction is dealing with them right now to let them know that if they have not put their faith in Jesus Christ, they need a Savior this morning. That Lord, as our, we've all fallen short, the wages of our sin in falling short is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Holy Spirit, would you speak to every person in this place who has pride in their life? Lord, we humble ourselves before you this morning. We realize there's nothing we could ever do, ever, according to your scriptures, to be good enough. You even said that our our righteousness, how we're good and, and how we do good things is not enough. It's like filthy rags in your eyes. Because God, we're not going to get into heaven because we, we deserve it. We're going to get into heaven because of your service. We're going to get into heaven because you paid a price for me that I did not deserve. You humbled yourself and did not consider yourself equal with God. And you went to the lowest place. And you did not exercise that authority that you could have exercised. You could have destroyed everybody. You could have even gotten to the cross and even been on that cross about to die and could have got frustrated and angry like we would have by the things that they were saying about you, that they were mocking you and questioning you and and, and listening to those thieves on his side saying, if you're the son of God, take yourself off this cross and save us too. And Lord, I know myself and probably most people in this place would have said, what? You want to see my power? And we would have fallen into temptation. But you humbled yourself, even to death on that cross. And Lord, as thankful as I am this morning for the military, and as thankful as I am for this country we serve in, live in, as thankful I am for all the freedom we have, nothing compares to the thanksgiving that I have in my heart for your service for your obedience because Lord at the end of the day we have a great country that has freedom and and, and, and military have died for it people have shed their blood for it but it does not save me Lord don't let us be more in love with our country 
than we are with you. Don't let us be more thankful for what we have in this country than we have thanksgiving for who you are. Check our hearts this morning. Make sure our hearts are pure and right before you, God. Lord, all across this place, would you touch every single person's heart who's not ready to meet you? So they'll never have to hear the words, I don't know you. Because your word tells me that you died for everyone. You love this world so much that you gave your only son that whoever would believe on you would not perish, but have everlasting life. Holy Spirit, would you touch the heart of each person this morning that's here that's not ready to meet you. You know them. You know who they are. They know who they are. Lord, I don't want anybody to walk out of this place this morning without knowing that they're saved, that they've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus, that they're born again. Jesus, if I have a heart for people in my pride, in my carnality, how much more do you love these people here this morning? How much more do you, how much more do you love them that you would even if it was necessary come back down again and do it all over again if you had to that's how much you love us but I thank God that you don't have to come again because you said in your word that right there in Romans 5 later on in that chapter that one man sinned and caused all of us to be sinners but one man came and justified us all and that's you Jesus by one act of obedience on the cross you defeated death hell and the grave all over this place this morning as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed are you ready to stand before a living God who in all his power humbled himself so that you could be here today to hear this message and did not go into his carnality as a human being and strike everybody dead he stayed the course he humbled himself and he went obediently like a lamb to the slaughter for you have you accepted that? Have you put your faith in that this morning? Are you, as the Bible says, born again? As heads are bowed and eyes are closed all across this place, how many of you can say, I need prayer this morning. I want Jesus to be Lord of my life. I've never said that prayer. I'm talking to someone who's never said that prayer before. Just lift your hand up and put it right back down. I see your hand, young man. How many more? I've never said that prayer. How many more? The Bible says today is the day of salvation. I preached last week, as you continue to listen, please, please continue to listen. I preached last week. If you could see five seconds, five seconds of what hell looks like. Five seconds. You'd be giving Jesus your life. Because we can do out of sight, out of mind we can do, you know what, I'm not, if I don't think about it, it's not there. It's there, and it's getting hotter by the day. It's getting darker by the day, and it's being populated more by the day. The truth is, hell is a real place. But we've been snatched out of hell's flames by God's mercy. Jesus is calling us and saying, you don't have to go there. I didn't even create that place for you. I created it for the devil and his fallen angels. You don't have to go there. He says, as a matter of fact, I've gone to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. How many would say, Pastor, pray for me today. I saw hands. How many more? I, I need Jesus to come into my life. Now, maybe you're here and at some point in your life, 
you said that prayer, but you're not saved today. If you died today and you stood before God, He would say the words, I don't know who you are. Depart from me. You don't ever want to hear those words. And God doesn't want to say them. But we can come back to His mercy. We can return to His mercy. We can say, Lord, we had several people do this in the first service. I'm coming home. I'm coming back to my first love. I'm, I'm going to understand that Jesus loves me so much that he came to serve. He came to die on the cross for my sins. And if you're here and you need to be that prodigal child, we mentioned last week also in the message, the, the verse in Hebrews that says, if we don't stay in the truth, we can drift away. We can drift away from the truth. And the truth will no longer be in us. How many would say, Pastor, pray for me today. I want to come home. Just lift your hand up. Put it right back down. That means you've said that prayer before, and today you want to come back to the Lord. You want to rededicate your life all across this place. How many more? I want us to stand this morning. And here's a simple, simple math equation. You're either one of two people here today. You've put your faith in Jesus Christ, and you're going to heaven, or you've rejected him, and you're going to hell. That's, there's only two types of people here this morning. There's no in-between. There's no half-saved, halfway to heaven, halfway to hell. It's one or the other. But just like people today burn flags, don't thank veterans, and could care less about the freedom they have, people do the same thing with the cross. They, they do the same thing. I don't care. But there's an eternity waiting for us. And all I can say is, God, thank you for serving me and dying for me so I could go to heaven because I can tell you this I don't deserve it but today I want to make sure Jesus knows that he's Lord of my life so I want to ask you this this morning if you raised your hand for salvation or maybe you didn't raise your hand something inside of you is telling you because again you've either done the salvation prayer or you haven't there's no in between you want to hear the words enter in good and faithful servant to the things that I've prepared for you but it won't be because of what you did it'll be because of what he did and you're putting your faith in that maybe we've done this before maybe you're here in this church you've been here for a while and you've never made a public confession of your faith you've never said I want the whole we had this boy in the first service who was a teenager maybe 12 or 13 when I did the salvation prayer he shot his hand up like immediately but then he didn't come out to, to make a statement and why do we do that to embarrass you no because the Bible says if you confess Jesus before men he'll confess you before his father but if you deny him before men he'll deny you before his father so I said come on young man and as he came he just started crying weeping and it was such a genuine sincere prayer but sometimes we need some coaching and I just want you to know that I'm, I'm just quoting scriptures to you I 90% of what I just said is in the Bible. I didn't, I didn't use, I used a bunch of verses. It's just God's word. Amen. Can you imagine if the building was on fire today? Can you imagine if this thing started going up in flames and I told everybody, there's a door over there right there. If you shoot out, just, just follow that, that door right there. Follow everybody out that door. Can you imagine people staying in here and saying, I'm not going out? How crazy would that sound? That's what we do when we reject Jesus. Say, no, I'm going to stay in here and burn. How many remember the day 
of 9-11. Some of you are probably too young, which is good. We have a young church, but maybe you've seen videos of people jumping out of 100 stories to their death because it was so hot inside the building that they chose to die jumping out of the building. The thing is, is in hell, there's no doors. There's no door to jump out. And it's forever. But the worst thing's going to be separation from God. I just choose to say, Jesus, thank you for your service. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. And you know what I want to do the rest of my life? I want to serve in such a way that he sees that I'm thankful for it. I don't want to just talk about it, but I want to do it. In this moment, in the next five seconds, if you're not saved, if you're not born again, step out of your seat to the nearest aisle. You raised your hand or you didn't, and you need to be saved. Just come on down here, amen? Just step out and come all over this place, amen? Come on, let's give the Lord a big hand. Praise God. You can stay facing me. Amen. I'm going to give just a few more seconds. Maybe you've never, never made a public confession of your faith. Just come out and say, I'm, I want the whole world to know today that I'm saved. I believe in Jesus. I'm going to give just a few more seconds. Amen. Say this prayer after me. Now there's watch, people watching online too. Listening to the podcast, watching online, you might be hearing this six months from now. Jesus loves you. And, and the Bible says that if you believe on Jesus and confess him with your mouth, you'll be saved. Now, that sounds too simple, doesn't it? Sometimes it's like, hey, you're a smart guy. He said, no, it doesn't sound simple. It sounds smart, huh? Just because there's nothing we can do. And we, we make the gospel difficult. Jesus made it simple. Jesus did everything for us. We just have to realize we're not worthy of it and be thankful. So if you're watching online, if you're here in this place, just repeat this after me. Say this from the bottom of your heart. Lord Jesus, I know today I'm a sinner. And I fall short of what you're worthy of. And I understand by your scriptures that my sins and the wages of my sin and the penalty of my sin is death. But in that same verse, it also says, a gift of God is eternal life. I confess this morning with my mouth and I believe in my heart. Jesus Christ, you came down from heaven, lived in a human body, born of the Holy Spirit, and you lived a perfect life that I could never live. And then you died for me to take my place so that I could be born again. So I could spend eternity in heaven with you. I believe that. And I accept that. Jesus, forgive me from all my sins. Wash me clean with your precious blood. And please write my name in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a glorious praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We've got a book for you guys. We're going to open up the